Bizzlecast listeners, welcome to the Bizzlecast. And for once, the Bizzle is almost speechless. I last night saw the final Wolverine movie and the final Hugh Jackman portrayal of Wolverine, I guess I should say, as Wolverine in Logan, early 2017. We knew it was R. We knew it was going to be dark and violent. But not only was this movie even darker and way more violent than I was expecting with the R rating, but it was more disturbing and much, much better. It's not that I wasn't expecting a good movie, but James Mangold, who wrote and directed it, along with some others, you know, didn't do an amazing job with The Wolverine a couple years ago. Now, he was hamstrung because they changed directors a few times, and they weren't crazy about the story they ended up with, and he couldn't really tell the full story he wanted to tell uh, in a PG-13 movie, and it was a huge step up from X-Men Origins Wolverine, I think, in 2009, which I still don't think I've gotten through, as much as I love the X-Men and Wolverine. But... The journey they've gotten on until now, it's hard to separate how great this movie was from how deserved it was uh, in both uh, presentation and reception. And go back to 2000. I always talk about this on my podcasts. And, you know, you see the introduction of Hugh Jackman, who we, we knew was playing the Wolverine, but no one had heard of before, this Australian actor. And I guess it was the second scene of the first movie, the first scene being the unforgettable young Eric Lenshire with his parents being taken away in the concentration camp during the Holocaust and him bending metal trying to stop it. And then we see the prize fight and all you see is the back of the Wolverine and you immediately know and buy like just in that second in that shot that that's the wolverine and he has never looked back and while his movies and the x-men movies have been very up and down he has never stopped being great and all the great x-men movies have him in it and the x-men movies that are lackluster in some ways most notably the recent apocalypse uh where his tiny cameo is spectacular and the rest of the movie you're not really sure where the quality control went, but even in X-Men First Class, which was a decent movie, and, and his only cameo is telling, you know, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender to, you know, get the fuck out of his face, or whatever he says, to fuck off. Um, you know, the best X-Men movies, he is the central character of. And it's not even that difficult of an argument, because the three best X-Men movies are the original X-Men, X2, which is... Inarguably the best, I think, inarguably the best X-Men movie. Um, and one of the best superhero movies ever still, even though it came, back, uh, came out way back in 2003. And then X-Men Days of Future Past, which was highly acclaimed and did amazing at the box office worldwide. It took me a little while to, to open up to uh, and warm up to uh, Days of Future Past. Now I love it, but he is a big part of the reason I love it. It's his role in that movie, you know, and as great as McAvoy and Fassbender and Jennifer Lawrence and Nick Holt and the whole new crew have been, you know, that, that movie wouldn't be what, what it was if he wasn't playing the go-between between future Charles, played by Patrick Stewart, who's out of his mind, literally, uh, and as an actor, just having a great time being crazy in Logan. Uh, Patrick Stewart as future Charles in Days of Future Past, and then, of course, James McAvoy, who also kills it as young Charles in Days of Future Past and the other more recent X-Men movies. 
this is the culmination of everything and we've all been waiting for the rated r logan you know wolverine all out murderous bloody as hell uh, you know, Wolverine movie in the X universe. And it, it wasn't made possible until Deadpool took the world by storm on a small budget with a somewhat fringe property. Um, and with its quirky, you know, foul mouth humor showed that a rated R movie, uh, rated R comic book movie can not only be successful, but could make $750 million and bring in a totally non-traditional crowd of, of women and different age groups and different types of people that don't, norm- don't normally like those movies. And I think they had already greenlit rated R Logan before that. I don't think uh, Hugh Jackman was going to come back unless they made the, the old man Logan story, which is ultimately what the Logan movie is taken from. Uh, with some some changes, additions, and some artistic license, as you would want in a movie like this, um, in post-apocalyptic future. But I think they knew a few months before Deadpool came out that it was going to be well-received, even if they couldn't have imagined $750 million. But oh my God, to get a young girl who plays X-23 in the Logan movie, you could tell from the trailers, it immediately happens in the movie. No spoilers here in this first review. This young girl playing essentially the uh um you know the, a younger version of wolverine we're not sure why she also has adamantium um, and has claws as we see from the trailers you'll have to see the movie or wait for my spoiler podcast where i talk more about how that happened and why that's the case you know i mean she she kills people at even a higher and more violent and bloody disturbing rate that, than he does in this film and, you know, you knew that this was ultimately going to be about him and Charles and the young young girl who plays X-23, or Lara, as they call her, um, who, who's mostly silent in the movie. Um, but, uh, it, you know, to, to combine the best elements of not only X-Men and the Wolverine, but Mad Max with the you know with the cart with the futuristic dusty car chases the uh, children of men you know trying to save the future of mankind with you know with a single a single person in this case a young mutant uh, john wick you know or even quentin tarantino's kill bill movies in just terms of the sheer bloodiness of the whole thing but the thing about this movie unlike the tarantino movies and even the john wick movies which, which i've come to like is that the violence in this movie is never gratuitous in the sense of it totally fits within what is asked for and required by the story. And you're just going to have to go see it. I will warn you that as bloody as you think this movie is going to be, it's 10 times bloodier. I mean, it's really graphic. I don't know how they do it. And, you know, as you'd expect, because it's claws for the most part, uh, at least with the good guys, you know, and John Wick is sort of cleanly shooting people, which is disturbing in its own way. But since this is just a giant knife fight the whole time, it's just people getting slashed in incredibly, you know, creative and increasingly d- disturbing uh, ways. So if you don't like, you know, close combat knife fighting with blood and, and brain bits, you know, splurting all over the place, then this movie is probably not for you. But I will say, the action never gets tiring in this movie. They have a lot early, and then they kind of settle into a nice pace of of chase and run and attack and chase and run and attack and character building as it goes along. Um, I, I really love that mechanic. You can sort of tell early on that it's going to be a lot of driving and fighting, driving and fighting, but it really works here. And then they build up to the climax, and you know, and like all great movies, I'm not going to spoil anything, but you know, the final third or quarter of the movie 
it, it, <laughs> you almost don't uh, care at that point. Not that I don't care, but it, it's not so important how it unfolds in terms of plot as much as how the character stuff unfolds. And man, do they keep building character up until the very last second of this movie. They really do. You know, a small group of good guys and bad guys for the most part with some great support characters. I can't say it enough. I'm going to break it down this way and I'm going to I'm going to leave it for now, which is if you love the X-Men, you must see this movie. If you love Wolverine in the movie and or in the comics, you absolutely must see this movie. If you like really, really violent, bloody action movies, you will definitely like this movie. But even if you don't normally like really, really bloody action movies, it just works in this context. And unlike the DCEU, you know, where they try and make Batman, but especially Superman, so dark, you know, characters that aren't, especially with Superman, aren't supposed to be so dark, try and make it dark, but within a PG-13 context. So the tone is dark, but they can't really accomplish anything. Here, they take a character who is super violent, you know, hyper violent in the comics and hyper dark in the comics. And then they've been teasing in the movies and they finally, you know, let out the Wolverine. And I don't, know of any actor or any character who has earned this and deserves this more than Hugh Jackman you know I mean playing it nine times in 17 years but you know six or seven times of those being the leads in both his own movie and the X-Men movies I mean you know in X1, X2 X3 and Days of Future Past he's still the lead you know with Cyclops and Jean Grey and Storm and Professor X it always comes back to Wolverine and he has made the Logan Wolverine character so so, so, so much more three-dimensional than when I was a kid. When I was a kid, me and my buddies loved Wolverine because we were 10 or 11 and we got to see hyper-violent shit in the comics. You know, it was bloody. He was aggressive uh, as, uh, you know, as Bizzlecast uh, co-host uh, Maddie G talks about, you know, the hyper-violence and, and masculinity is a reflection of pent-up teenage angst and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, when the X1 came out, the movie, it, immediately, within two seconds with his relationship with Rogue, uh, played by Anna Paquin, was so much more three-dimensional than in the books, uh, in the comic books, and has continued to build on that dimensionality. And, you know, in, in this movie, in some, way, uh, in some ways, this movie is sort of a summary of that. You know, we see kind of, I guess, some of the gains uh, the sort of emotional and maturity gains of him kind of rolled back a little bit in this movie and then rebuilt up. But it makes sense because of how horrifying the future gets. And we do see a horrifying apocalyptic future that seems just sort of like Mad Max light at first. But when we see what we're doing to these, uh, what they're doing to these young kids um, with, with mutant genes, you know, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, this is the X-Men trope all over again. It's mutants trying to do their own thing, but the people keep coming after them and trying to kill them and control them and experiment on them and do these horrifying things until the mutants have to defend themselves. This is what the X-Men movies and comic books and TV shows and everything have been about for over 50 years or whatever it's been or for you know 40 50 years but you don't even think about the cliches of the uh, kind of the foundational pillars uh, of x-men-ness in this film because narratively in the terms of the dialogue and the characters and the way it's shot and and the stakes of it are so high and so complicated and so gripping that you want it to, to 
you want to go through all the motions, if you will, in this movie. And they do a good job of spending the first kind of half hour sort of rebuilding the mutant world in the future, you know, 20, 30 years, when things are even worse than now, which is saying a lot considering how much the mutants have gone through in our current day, you know, in the movies and the comic books. But, God, I'm just babbling here. I I love this movie. I I mean, you know, like all the best Wolverine movies and X-Men movies... It is made great because of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, but it is also made great because of the supporting cast. Patrick Stewart, Professor X, you know, old, decrepit, losing his mind, no longer able to control his brain. The, uh, young new actress Daphne Keene, who plays Laura, or X-23, um, who ultimately, you know, Wolverine's trying to protect in the movie, as we can see from the trailers. But man, the, just the journey take. I mean, even if you've read the comics, you have no idea where this journey is going. It takes some crazy turns. Do not get spoiled on this. I'm specifically not telling you anything important. Uh, only thing I'm going to say is the way this movie ends is way less important than everything that happens in the middle. I, and it has a phenomenal ending and that's about the highest praise i can give to any movie is that the best parts of it is everything between the beginning and the end because some movies have an awesome beginning and an awesome end and then you're kind of slogging through the middle this movie it's the you just never want the slog to end and part of it to circle back to the beginning and close up is that you know you know this is the last ride whether he lives or dies it doesn't even matter we know this is the last ride for hugh jackman so you just don't want it to end and they keep finding creative ways to extend the story without dragging it um, um, and, uh, it, it, you know, if you like anyone that, that, this, that is in this movie or anything that it's about, get out there. Also, Stephen Merchant as Caliban, an incredible, obscure, but really interesting mutant who can track other mutants, who's kind of used by the bad guy in this movie. Um, Boyd Holbrook as, you know, as the, the douchey big baddie, but puts a nice spin on it. You know, I mean, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy and the King Kong movie and all this stuff coming up and it's all flash and bang and PG-13 family stuff. It's really nice to have these dark rated R X-Men universe movies in the, in the early parts of the year from Deadpool, now Logan, hopefully X-Force going on into the future. Get out there, see Logan, see Hugh Jackman at his very best. He puts every last bit of, of acting energy, really, into this movie. I mean, even in ways that you can't possibly imagine. And that's as far as I'm going to tease. Thanks for listening. Go see Logan. I, I love Hugh Jackman. He's going to go down as one of my favorite actors. Of, I mean, he already is one of my favorite actors of all time. But in terms of the number of movies that he's been in that I love, it's ridiculous. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, as an X-Men fan, X-Men fan from a young age, for most of my life, I couldn't have asked for anyone better. He's going to be so missed. Um, and uh, he, he left us with a movie that we're never going to forget. So hope you enjoyed the film. Hope you enjoyed the Bizzlecast. And the Bizzle is out.